Today's guest is Bryant Sullentrup, more affectionately known as Sully Business on Twitter. Sully is a small business owner, the creator of Elevate and Delegate Staffing, and really just one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He brings a common sense approach to starting and running businesses and has leveraged the internet to start and grow two companies in just the past 24 months. So during this interview, Sully shared how he quit his job during the pandemic to start a commercial janitorial business, the steps to starting and hiring, and now how he's used content to create an entirely new company along the way. We kind of just touch on it uh, briefly during the interview. He's since fully launched that company. And so so we'll hear more from him on that. So he's become a friend and I'm so excited to introduce you all to him. Let's dive into this episode with Brian Sullentrip from Elevate and Delegate Staffing. Put that content down. Content. The clothes is on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. What are you going to say? Sorry. Sorry, I, I hear some voices. Voices? Voices in your head? <laughs> my headphones. <laughs> okay, let me, let me pause this. Wait, what were you playing? It was playing a podcast, and I can hear it. I'm like, where was it? Where is my head coming from? Was it your Hootie and the Blowfish show? It was. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, episode of My First Million, actually. So There it is. It always is. So here's my question, and Have you ever thought about just quitting your job and, and starting a cleaning service or, you know, starting something that's a little bit on the on the sweaty startup side of things? Yeah, for sure. I think that every time we have like a tough stretch or season, this isn't just with this company, but anytime in my career that we've had, I've gone through like a dry spell or whatever. I feel like I look outside and someone will just be mowing grass and look super content. And I'm like, man, I, I wish I was them. Have you? Yeah. Grass is always greener. That's the, that's the idea. The grass is always greener on the other side. And, and I've thought about window cleaning, you know, like it just, it seems like such a low cost start and you could literally just have that, that satisfied feeling after you're done having a nice clean piece of glass or something about that. That's just quite nice. We sh- I wish we would have had this conversation with Sully. I window cleaning specifically, I think is incredibly lucrative if, if done. Yeah, I think it can be if, if you get the right clients and they're willing to come, have you come out. You know, the reason we're talking about this is because today's guest, Sully, who we kind of just <laughs> dove in, but dive right in, yeah. is, is, has built this following on Twitter and really built two companies now following the sweaty startup model. The first is a uh, more traditional sweaty startups so is a cleaning commercial cleaning company. Now he is doing the virtual assistant staffing company, which is not, you know, inherently blue, blue collar, but I would say the process of building that company is very similar. And you know, I'd love to hear your your opinion on this, but I just think it's cool how in both situations, he sort of documented what he was doing, very simply shared that online through in a, a couple of different forms. And they became doing that sort of became a self-fulfilling, self-sustaining business in and of itself. And that's why he's got this second company now that, that he's starting and running. Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious maybe pushback is, is, well, what does having a content have to do with a blue collar business, right? We don't necessarily put those two hand in hand, right? but I think there's two types of content. There's the content that you put out for attention and, and for brand building. 
But then there's the content that you use to engage with people and to ask questions and get feedback. And I think the the whole building a public idea or even just the one of the biggest benefits of social media is that you can just get such quick and specific responses to uh, industry leaders. And he was able to use that pretty early on to give him some advantages for somebody who didn't have a background in, in commercial cleaning. You know, some of these people, it's, it runs in their family or they've done it for a long time. And so they know some of these answers. But if somebody that takes a little bit of an outside perspective and wants to provide good service comes in and is willing to leverage some of those relationships that they have for advice, but then also for things that are maybe a little bit outside of the normal blue collar perspective, like how to use tech or how to use marketing services that aren't typically, you know, aren't obvious. Right. So I think he was able to leverage some of those things early on to give himself a good advantage and a good start. Yeah. The other thing I'd add is this is a classic example and you'll hear it through the episode, but it's my, probably my favorite part was when he talked about the, the practical steps of like what it took for him to get his first piece of business. And I won't give it away, but it, it's such a great story because in some ways it's like something from a movie where it feels like he was almost you know, playing a role or, or having to pretend. And that's part of it. And doing that and then, you know, exposing that, do, doing that in a public way see, might seem counterintuitive to a lot of people because it's like, I don't want to admit that I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to. But to your point, it, it just, first of all, creates and forges those connections. And then what ended up happening with him is he talked about his struggles, staffing people who would be work reliably and, and consistently and all these things. And as he solved that problem for himself, which is what starting a company is, it's just solving a problem because he had been talking about it, it gave him an opportunity to say, Hey, somebody else needs help doing this. I'm, I'm glad to help you too with it. So both of those things I think are unique. We haven't heard from someone like Sully on this show yet. So I'm really excited to get to it, but maybe we could get to the interview with Brian Sullentrip of Elevate and Delegate Staffing. All right, we're back. And on this episode, we have the Twitter legend himself, Sully, Brian Solentrop here on the show. Thanks for joining us, Sully. Thanks, Adam, for having me. So we got connected at the end of last year on Twitter. I think I just I think I just stumbled across you somehow because you were doing a bunch of SMB stuff and I got really interested in that area. And I was like, man, who is this guy that just kind of seemingly came out of nowhere, built this business, built this audience, you know, is only working a handful of, of his time on the business and just all these interesting things you have is a Kansas City Chiefs fan has has my my guy, Andy Reid, close to the heart, which I do as well. So so many things that I felt like I needed to reach out and say what's up and and glad glad I did. But maybe you could just tell the folks quickly what you what you're currently doing, what your business does and and sort of yeah, how that's how that's all working out. Sure. Yeah. I live in eastern North Carolina where I run a small janitorial business. I have a, a wife. I got married in 2020 and then we just recently had a son. He's about four months old. So congrats. Keeps me keeps me pretty busy. Thank you. I spend about half my time with him and then the rest of my day working on my cleaning business and other projects. But yeah, it's it's been really good. And it's definitely been an adventure starting the business in the middle of all the COVID craziness and all that stuff. But all in all, I'm sure. really grateful I did it. So 
Sure. Yeah. I want to get to that story a little bit, or let's just get into it now. I guess it's such a, it's such an interesting one. You've heard all about the great resignation, et cetera, et cetera, reset. You are one of the people who had a job, got into the pandemic. And like you were just telling me, you, you decided to quit and start this business kind of at the peak of it, right? Yeah. I had a kind of a setup at the previous company I was working at. I had interned there and worked there a bunch. Uh, it was a smaller company and I thought that I was going to keep on keeping on, but things kind of slowed down. They didn't adjust to the pandemic super well. And I was outside sales, so I didn't, you know, obviously I was young, 23, I think. So I just didn't really know what to do, but I was listening to actually funny enough, Nick Huber's sweaty startup podcast. Oh yeah. Had been religiously listening to that since maybe 2018. And so that's basically what inspired me to get up and just kind of do my own thing as I kind of felt the sales thing wasn't really for me. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to sell, I might as well do it for myself. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> a couple, uh, a couple of years later and, and still going strong. So along with the, with the janitorial business, I think what's interesting about you specifically is the mixture of a guy running a janitorial business who also spends a lot of time creating content and, you know, being visible online and those sorts of things. And I think on the surface, it doesn't make it like, it's not a one-to-one. -one, oh yeah, that makes sense. He's running a janitorial business. So he's using content to like grow that business or, so how did you, and maybe it's because of Nick or, but how did you sort of begin getting into the content creation process and, and how does that work with what you're, what you're doing in your day-to-day -day business? Yeah. Nick had a podcast where he said, Hey, Twitter changed my life, blah, 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 blah. I said, that's yeah. where people talk about politics and complain about each other, but I'll check it out because I, I've trusted everything he said to this point. So, you know, it, it, it was working okay. And so I checked out Twitter and he gave me a little bit of an initial boost. So I got like my first, you know, handful of hundreds of followers pretty early. And so mm -hmm. having moved out to North Carolina from originally from Kansas, Having moved out here and uh, started a business, it's very, very lonely. Uh, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of community and accountability. And so that's what drew me into the Twitter space. So there's a ton of different people on there that were running small businesses that I got to connect with. And it was really great because I just, what I went there, I wasn't trying to create content. I was trying to commiserate with other people and learn from other people just about what they were having success with. And ultimately that helped me a lot, helped me land a lot of contracts that I wouldn't have otherwise had, helped me with hiring, all kinds yeah. of questions I could go there and ask people for answers. And so I've never thought about it um, as creating content per se, but more just sharing kind of what I'm going through in my day-to-day -day life. Yeah, and that authenticity, I think, is probably why it resonates a lot or is so successful with, with people. You said that it helped you in a few of those specific areas, like hiring, closing some deals, et cetera. Is that just by seeing what other people said worked for them and being able to apply that or relate, you know, one-to-one -one relationships or, or yeah. How, how did that work? How were you able to take some of those things? Both. So I've had the opportunity through Twitter to meet some, I would say wouldn't heavy hitters in even in my space, uh, who I've been able to ask questions for. And I, I operate in a relatively high churn industry, a lot of people coming and going. So others that are in 
lawn care or maybe the trades can kind of understand a lot of the things that I was dealing with, with trying to recruit people or retain them. Obviously, we were going through a tough hiring situation. Just the last couple of years have been, it's been very like, you know, workers have had a good run. I mean, wages have gone up and a lot of good things going on there. But also, just like you said, great resignation, a lot of people just kind of backing out of the workforce. So kind of like dealing with that and just having other owners that were going through the same thing, um, reading their stories and implementing what they had to say, but also direct conversations with them, get, you know, asking them and people were way more helpful. And I've gotten a hundred times the value or whatever from others on that platform than I have certainly than I've provided. So that's cool. So maybe taking a step back, I'm just curious now, we didn't talk about this before, but were you working in the industry that you're working in now at your previous job or, or you just picked this and how, like, how did that come to come about? So I think I've gone through this story a couple of times, but I'm trying to remember exactly how a cleaning company came up. Gosh, I think a lot of it was just me saying, I don't have a lot of money. You know, I was trying to pay down my student loans aggressively. I was saving up for sure. a wedding. So I really started the business with just a couple thousand dollars because that's all I kind of had. Mm-hmm. If I would have had 10 grand, maybe I would have bought a mower. Like, I really don't know. <laughs> but but I didn't have that money. So I just, I started something I knew I could start. I started something that I knew I could do myself. So like, I never hired employees for the first few months. I did all the work okay. myself. And so that's kind of why I did it. And I knew I was moving out here. I didn't think like, I didn't think, oh, I'm not going to have room for a trailer for a lawn care company or something like that. So I just started kind of doing and it started working. I laid like my first customer I landed was $2,000 a month. So I was like, well, you know, that's enough for me to kind of like survive and just let's grow from there. That's awesome. How did you get that first customer? I side hustled websites in college, like many people for kind of for beer money and that kind of thing. And so I opened my own website, you know, had an old server. So I put it on there and then opened a Google, my business location, just listening to Nick Huber's advice. And I got my first calls from there. So somebody That's actually stumbled through, filled out a contact form. I was freaking out. You know, I show up, I'm like, <laughs> Do I knock? Do I ring the doorbell? <laughs> like it was a, it's a commercial building, and so I just walked through the walk through the facility. Just kind of took some pictures. You know, acted like I knew what I was doing. Um, right. I had just like a one. I had like one polo that I had my logo on to like look Correct. very, you know, look a little bit official. And so yeah, landed that customer, and then you know figured out how to clean it. Certainly bumps in the road there, but you get there and you figure things out. So. I was, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Like the yep. floors are a little too sticky. I'll just, I'll mop them again, you know? So a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Such a great attitude, but it's such a unique one. You know, I think a lot, a lot of people would focus on all the things that could go wrong and, and people who are able to start businesses and grow businesses have to kind of almost have a a naive naivete or whatever that word is, or blindness towards some of that and just decide, yeah, we're just going to make this happen, which is what it sounds like you did. It's awesome. So uh, on the flip side of that, I would say I've noticed in you and in other people who, who I pay attention to online, 
there's a tendency to, you know, I think you come in with like eyes wide open, just trying to help people, tr trying to just have positive conversations. And then sometimes I'll click on some of your tweets that seem very innocuous. And there's lots of people who are saying, you know, just taking everything the most negative possible, regardless of kind of what you're talking about. And I'm just curious as a normal human being, which I would consider you to be like, not coming out of like a celebrity world, but just being normal and then building up a platform a little bit over the last couple of years. How have you been able to deal with that? Or how has that affected you if it has at all? Just seeing, you know, the way people take some of those things in a negative light. I think it's kind of interesting. You learn to kind of converse about things in a, in a way that's productive. There's certain things I won't talk about on, on Twitter. I don't talk about the wages we pay employees, or if I do, I don't say them in dollar per hour value. So mm -hmm. we do, cause we do, we do pay 20% more than the next janitorial firm, but people get really mad when that's not $25 an hour. And then right. it's like, it's hard for me to articulate that we live in a very low cost of living area. So $14 an hour is actually a pretty solid job. So, you know, that's, that's hard for people to understand. And so uh, you learn kind of the rules and things like that, like the mm -hmm. things you should say, or, you know, discussions that are not productive things i never talk about anymore really covid politics just just avoid all of that still though you're gonna have people that either misunderstand what you're saying you know and if they come at me very aggressively or just like assume the worst of me i just block them not because like i have anything against them or whatever but it's just like for me emotionally like i'm not gonna like if i don't if I go down that rabbit hole of trying to make that person happy, it's never going to work out usually. And right, right. apologizing doesn't help. Every once in a while, I'll clarify some so that it's it's just more clear and maybe they get a better understanding. But yeah, I mean, if somebody's being really aggressive, I'm just, it's not worth it. So I'll just mute them. If they do it again, just block them and you just move on. But I'm not going to say that that doesn't take an emotional toll on you because mm -hmm. i mean there's definitely been nights where like my mom my my mom my wife has been like hey like you're like checked out tonight mm. what's going on and i just say sorry somebody said something and like they think i'm an asshole um sorry but yeah they think <laughs> i'm a jerk and i just feel bad about it because i like i want us to all like win and to have success and yeah, help other yeah. people that's why i'm here and that's what i'm about but like they really took it in the wrong way. And so, you know, but that that's the kind of stuff. And and when Twitter starts to take away from my family and like, you know, where like my ability to be present with them, then that's kind of where I like, like delete the app from my phone for a while, you know. Yeah. Get some space. So, yeah, I, it seems like a very real and very, um, I don't know, it's a different problem than what most employees at companies are going to face because they might say something that's controversial or whatever, but it's not, it's not, you know, their name, it's not their opinion or whatever. And, and when you're out there publishing, like, like you have been, I think it, it changes things. So I was just curious how that works. Maybe on the positive side, another big theme I've seen you talk about is just the support that you've been able to build through using virtual assistants. Yeah, we're helping people right now hire virtual assistants. There'll be a course eventually, you know, something that with a DIY type thing, but right now we're mostly on a done for you model, done with you model, where we're just mm -hmm. helping people because it is a pretty high touch process to get a virtual assistant into someone's business successfully. So 
right now we did we did five in january we're doing 10 this month we're in the middle of the process wow. right now and then i did that for free for a bunch of people last year and just helping them make those hires it's when you see the, the change that that can make in someone's life both for the business owner obviously as well as the virtual assistant getting a, a you know a good paying job that dramatically impacts their life uh for the better um you want to do more of that so that has been really up my alley like trying to help people with that and so we're excited to do that and that's like that's my full-time thing right so the cleaning business is now i don't want to say it's on autopilot because that would be disingenuous but it is pretty much doing its own thing and i'm not really that involved in the day-to-day nor do i plan to be for the long term so i the virtual assistant thing kind of has my full attention and and helping business owners is super super fulfilling for me mm-hmm. just with my personality type getting to meet new business owners all the time and kind of help them solve problems so yeah virtual assistants have definitely changed the game in my business personally for sure yeah so talk about that a little bit cuz you 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 started off you said you were going in and like doing the prospecting doing the work yourself and now you you told me beforehand you're spending you know a quarter of your week working week or whatever on on the cleaning business so how did vas help displace some of that uh load for you yeah the biggest thing and so what happened was my first experience was i met someone who was actually a friend of mine not on twitter just like a friend a family friend actually who has a cleaning business and he told me about him hiring a virtual assistant and that virtual assistant was doing full-time recruiting for them. And I was like, mm-hmm. full-time recruiting? How can you have a full-time recruiter like at a cleaning business? Like I know right. that you like sub $2 million in revenue. Like how are you paying for a $60,000 a year person or even a $40,000 a year person to just be recruiting all the time? He said, no, this is how it works. So like the, they post a job on Indeed, my virtual assistant, who he was paying like $8 an hour over in the Philippines. And he said, she posts a job on Indeed every week. And then she goes through those applications. She reaches out to the people who uh, she thinks would be interested, gets some information from them, gets them all the way basically up until the point where they're ready to do a working interview and meet him. And then he meets them on site every week to do that first working interview. But they had already been you know, pre-vetted from hundreds of applications down to a handful of really good fits by the time they get to hit. And so that obviously changed the game because if you're a business owner, if you've tried to make hires, you know, a lot of people ghost you, a lot of people lie to you a lot, you know, they'll say something is on the resume. It's not, or whatever. I always want to expect the best from people, but like, it's a lot, it's just a very time consuming process. And so he showed me that. And so then Obviously, the hiring thing has been implemented in my business. So we're looking at applications every week. I'm not involved in that process any longer. They just, by the time they get to me, they're ready to like start their working interview and their information's already in our system. And then outbound prospecting as well. So whether that's research in, we want to look at medical facilities this year that we're going to be cleaning. Let's get 50 of those on an Excel sheet and all their contact information and put that into the CRM. Virtual assistant can help me with those kinds of things. The the difference here is like for a small business like mine, you know, you're doing a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue. You can't afford, you know, we're still we're still a new business. We're only eighteen mm-hmm. months since we started. You know, you can't afford a, a sixty thousand dollars a year person, like an admin, like a proper admin person. Eventually that'd be our goal to get to something like that. But you know, this is a really good way for small businesses to scale and to, to actually see growth. 
So that's really fun and exciting. So then how did that, and I assume it's because of Twitter, but, or, or maybe other things, but how did that, uh, turn into an actual business for you? Obviously you had this great experience. Was it just a matter of beginning to talk about it and, and build that business that way? Cause you know, you went from having no business 24 months ago or whatever to, to now running several in, in a really short amount of time. So how, how did that press transition happen? I was just helping people like Liam Kircher. You probably maybe seen him on Twitter, Johnny Robinson. I was starting to help those guys, their friends of mine to hire virtual assistants in their business, as well as some of my other friends and some other businesses. And it was just like, look, I cannot keep doing this. It's like charity. Like it's super fun yeah. and it's super fulfilling and it's super great. And I love helping you guys. But like, especially when we had my son in October, I was like, I'm tapped out. Like I'm done. I can't do any more. Like the, you know, my, my hours are very limited. So, um, that kind of got me to the point where, you know, I started charging people a little bit of money to do it. We kind of now where we are today, where it's kind of, we're formalizing the package we're helping even provide some training to those virtual assistants, depending on what people need. So it's super, super exciting, even building out a content library for those VAs to check out and kind of learn different skills wow. that they might be able to use in the business. So we're, I'm really invested in this. And I think, you know, the goal this year is to help a hundred business owners hire VAs. So cool. we're going to, we're going to crush that goal. I, I really think we will. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's revolutionary. We'll have to talk more about that afterwards. I'd be, I'd be interested in that for us, but I think it's cool to see how you just are, have been taken. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, point out is I assume during helping Liam or, or whoever those folks are, that allowed you to figure out the process, right? Or some system, because th that, that's really what you have that like, if I was going to go try to find a VA today, you know, I don't know, I'd probably go to like whatever Indeed or Upwork or something and like hope for the best. You you have a process to it that you've vetted now a uh, handful of times and 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 know it works. That's the big difference. Yeah, doing it. I mean, we do a handful of things that I think set us kind of set us apart to make us a better a better experience than just going out there. I mean, look, I I took took me like hundreds of applicants to kind of you know, then you're doing 25 interviews to hire one VA and I mean, the biggest problem is business owners come to me and they say, I want to hire a VA to get back more of my time. Like they don't have time, you know, they're maxed out. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the experience that a lot of people have is they don't have the time to kind of delegate and integrate that person into their business. But yeah, basically there's a little bit of an element of, you know, kind of as we started to do it for people building the ship, you know, as like it gifts off the ground or, you know, it's, however, whatever that metaphor is, but, you know, mm -hmm. kind of learning how, learning how to make it, make it work as we went. And honestly, with every hire that we're making, we're getting, our processes are getting better. And so that's like, that's the super fun part, right? That's the building part. And so everything from English proficiency tests to, we're going to be adding in some cognitive tests and some personality tests that they're going to be, you know, now taking as well. So that's like, wow. I really think the product, uh, you know, the product, but I really think the service is going to be a really, really good fit for folks. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Well, thank you uh, so much for coming on. I think the last couple of minutes here, I just wanted to wrap up with hearing anything you've got going on. I, th I mean, it sounds like the VA business, but on the content side of things or anything that you're just particularly excited about, aside from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, just like calling their own plays and winning games. And, uh, and then let us know too, where people can check you out. Yeah, absolutely. Twitter is the best place to reach me. 
Sully Business. That's S U L L Y Business. That's a that's a good place to reach me. I spend way too much time on there. But just send me a DM. I'll, I'll get back to you eventually. I promise. And you know, if anything's going on with with me, it's going to be on there. But yeah, virtual assistants and helping business owners just delegate and elevate within their businesses. Everything that I'm going to be doing, and that's I think going to be my personal mission for the next you know three to five years. So. Um, cool. Really excited about that, and I'll I'll see anybody that wants to wants to reach me there. I'd love to talk. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'll link all of that in the show notes below, and um, hopefully catch up with you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content Is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing. 